0: Today's guest is Venkat Padmanabhan and Venkat is the chairman of uh, Venkat Padmanabhan group and we're going to hear a bit more about uh, about what he does and what the group does as well, uh, but most importantly about Venkat's story. So welcome to the podcast, Venkat.
1: Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. You're doing an extremely good job of you know, inspiring many people. Uh, looking forward to the discussion.
0: Thank you so much. You're very kind. Uh, well, first of all, tell us about what you do. Tell us about the group of companies you lead as chairman and uh, and and also about what you do in, in that role and any other hats you wear that you want to uh, you want to mention to us, Venkat.
1: Hey, thank you so much. So I just uh, retired uh, after, uh, you know, roughly about 32 years of corporate life, of which 28 years I was with a fascinating company called Volam Group. I joined as a second employee in the Indian operation, and then we grew up to 40 billion dollar operations operating in about 65 countries, 87,000 employees and so on and so forth. So having retired, I thought I should do something back to the society, which I've been doing it as a part time, now I'm doing it full time. So predominantly my role is uh, you know, for the entrepreneurs, I call myself e to e entrepreneur to enterprise a startup to fortune 500 that's our vision anybody can become a fortune 500 if they want to grow whatever little bit of experience i have i share with them and learn from them and then you know we navigate the journey so that's what my role and uh, so that uh, having said many entrepreneurs approach me and then i'm acting as an advisor investor chairman for the group of companies uh, predominantly guiding them a startup should function like an MNC in terms of governance and process. Uh, so that's what I do. Uh, and I really enjoy this process.
0: Yeah, incredible. Uh, wonderful initiative that you are leading and, and wonderful to hear what you're doing now that you have uh, retired from corporate life, but you really want to give back. Uh, so thank you for sharing that, Venkat. Let's, uh, let's jump into your story. I would love to start with your childhood and growing up when you were little. What were some of the moments from that season of your life when you were young that really that really shaped you into the person and the leader you are today?
1: Yeah, great. It's a great question. So my my inspiration or whomsoever um, I am today, a lot goes to my mother. Right. Uh, I was not a very studious student when I was studying, and I studied in a vernacular language, which is Tamil. Uh, all my subjects, including science. Uh, even I can't speak a word of English fluently uh, till I was, uh, you know, completing my 10th standard, right? Uh, my mother used to give some, uh, uh, you know, over the days, uh, tell very inspirational stories, some method, you know, uh, mythology to mythology to say that how uh, the kings of the world and history, you know, people have made this uh, world a beautiful place, and that's uh, more of a story time, and then also she talks about her influencers, that is, her, her own brothers and everybody, how they make made the life from nowhere to somebody today. And those inspirational stories, whenever I hear, whether it's a mythology related or is it related to, you know, the real life stories, I get inspired, you know. Um, so when I was as a child, uh, I used to imagine I'm a leader, I used to sit there, I used to look at through the sky and I create stories of my own, right? Uh, so so the real inspiration is from my mother. That's what I call. She's not very uh, literate, uh, but uh, she had a lot of values to teach me, and uh, which is what embedded in my life.
0: Yeah, incredible. Um, your mother sounds like a wonderful woman. Can you tell us, are there any stories uh, specifically about your mom? And, and it sounds like she had a great work ethic and she was really uh, inspired you. Any any stories of how she handled a crisis or how she um, something that stood out to you? Some advice she gave you? Yeah.
1: So the uh, you know uh, by God's grace today I'm much well off and I'm in Singapore. Uh, but I grew up in a place called Trivandrum, which is in in the southernmost part of uh, India. We call our our state as God's own country, Kerala. Uh, so she got married, and my father used to be working in a textile uh, factory. into a three-ships. Uh, so he's into the uh, supervisory cadre, working class. Uh, but I never felt during the time of my growing up that any inadequacy, you know, whether you are a poor or, you know, always I felt I'm rich. Uh, and never ever felt, uh, you know, uh, stooping before anybody because. That's the way my parents grew up. Me saying that we were very proud of what we are. We had a very rich friends uh, and poor friends uh, together. And I never felt I was missing something. I think that's the biggest value of how to grow up me, uh, leading a simple life, but not feeling that, uh, that I'm missing something that, you know, as compared to the people around and uh, the richness, the cars or houses or nothing uh, made me feel inferior. And in that attribute or quality was, uh, uh you know which is part of me uh, all through my life uh, is uh, uh, it's a magic even i don't know how she has done it but i never felt it that's one thing second thing is i think she always talks about what matters is uh you know there are there are many people are born and died but as a human being when you're born in this in this world you have to have a, a differentiation you need to create a legacy you need to leave some positive footprints you know, my, my, always, always, my mother always used to say, when you're in a deathbed, people should not say, oh, this guy is gone, good for, you know, the world. They should have a few comments at least to say that he touched some people's life meaningfully. This, she, you know, she brings the stories of uh, mythology because we are from Hindu religion. So she takes up, talks about Rama and Krishna and all those, you know, uh, uh, stories. And she says that how many hardships, how they stood still stood by the value systems. Like that, she tells many stories. And that has gone into me deeply, deeply influencing whatever I do uh, till till now, every moment of my life.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing about your mum. Uh, that's really special, and I can hear how much of an influence she has had on your life. And uh, yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, from there, I, I guess Venkat, I'm interested to hear. Do you remember? One of your first leadership opportunities, when you were little, or maybe when you were older in your twenties or thirties, what do you remember? The first time you really had a had to lead people or cast vision, um, you know, where where you had a leadership opportunity of some sort.
1: Yeah, so the, the two two instance I can I, I vividly remember. I think it must be around uh, ten or twelve. I, I think so. So, uh, the first one is, you know, uh, we were living in, uh, in a village, so, uh, for any uh, uh, functions, religious functions, uh, we used to make, uh, we used to collect donations and create a chariot and go on the street, you know, that used to be the tradition. I vividly remember uh, that I organized uh, those uh, processions, you know, they call Krishna, I mean, uh, Lord Krishna's birthday, those kind of occasions. It's a small money, I mean, we would have collected some 20 or rupees, so, you which know, is less than a dollar at, at that time. But that's good enough It's a big money for us to organize, I many anything. So there I used to have a team of volunteers because it's all volunteer work. We need to decorate the streets and we need to uh, decorate the, the, the chariot, which we are, we are pulling across. Uh, so there I think, um, um, you know, I had a team and then we used to do it every year. That's one experience I remember. And they are still lifelong friends for me. The second one, I felt uh, that we should start a library, uh, that I was in uh, around 14, I think so. So I created a, uh, it's called RR Library. Uh, so we had, uh, we used to charge two rupees, I mean, it's a very you know, small amount at that time uh, for people. And then uh, we used to have volunteers who go and distribute these uh, books and magazine to the houses. Uh, per month, two rupees we collect and then, you know, uh, the, the reason was, again, my mother used to tell me always, and uh, the biggest companion for you at that time, there are not TVs or you know WhatsApp and uh, smartphones, is uh, reading books are your companion. And somehow I got fascinated, so we used to buy books for to read myself. But I thought i would make a business out of it, and that's and let many people also benefit out of it. That's how we created that library. So these are the two moments I remember in my primitive uh, age, you know, uh, yeah. leadership experience. <laughs>
0: So what what were the biggest lessons from those two early experiences? What were the what were the big lessons you learned early on as a leader?
1: Yeah, if I start reflecting on that, you know, the one thing is very clear why people aligned and, you know, behind you for a voluntary work. See, voluntary work is one area where uh, it's the most difficult job because nobody reports to nobody, but still they, they get aligned. So that alignment is uh, for the purpose, which is what, again, Another one, habit or another value system, which is embedded me, the big P and small P. The purpose, so long as it's aligned, uh, you can, you will get uh, people rally around that purpose. Though you may be standing in front as a leader, but you're not the leader. The purpose is the leader. You are an instrument in executing that purpose, and that is what will drive you know whatever you do. And that's what, if you look at my social media, everything will see whatever activities which I started much later, you know, pro bono or otherwise i get 250 300 400 many people coming and helping uh, how people are wondering how i am able to run it i think now if i reflect back it is not me at all it is the purpose for which i am getting aligning and thus, thus there is no friction everybody is aligned to that cost which you're driving
0: yeah that's incredible and uh, i couldn't agree more that if you can if you can really do purpose well and help people understand the purpose of of uh, of what they're doing, that's a real game changer. Um, so throughout your career, Venkat, I know there's so many different things we could talk about, uh, but I'd love to hear who who have been some of the mentors, who have been some of the leaders who have influenced you, who have had a legacy of really uh, inspiring you as a leader along the way?
1: Yeah. The first and foremost person I have to talk about, I mean, again, I'm not in touch with him. I don't know where he is uh, but he's a simple uh, uh, man, uh, uh, leader called Radha Krishna, Professor Radha Krishna. He's the guy who taught me uh, the organization and management. It's a subject in my BCOM, in my commerce graduate, first year of uh, commerce. Uh, like I said, I was not a studious uh, at all uh, till my 12th. Um, you know, I never sit and studied anything. But this gentleman, when he taught me this uh, commerce, uh, you know, there is something call F.W. Taylor, time and motion study, etc., and span of control. So when he was taught, teaching me this organization and management, something has triggered in me, which I call, you know, seed in my subconscious mind, I got fascinated. And that day, I assumed that I'm a general manager. I'm from a village. I have a cycle and very, very, you know, you can say, uh, middle class family. But as soon as the class is finished, I started uh, riding the cycle as if I'm behind, you know, Mercery's 450 chauffeur driven car, (laughs) you know, that's how I I pedal my cycle. And uh, from that day onwards, you know, I used to go on top of a hill and visualize that whatever he taught me as if I am the general manager. I'm managing many people all across the world and plants, etc. So the reason why I'm telling you is that changed that day onwards, I'm not studying for getting uh, marks. I was a rank holder from nobody. I became a rank holder in uh, my graduation. Then after that, I did many, many difficult exams, you know, charter accountants, cost accounting. I did company and law. Various things I'm able to just pass by more as a hobby, more as wanting to know, wanting to get to know the subject and you know get immersed in that rather than scoring marks. That change was caused by that gentleman called Radha Krishna, Professor Radha Gishin. Uh, any day I vote a lot so he's one uh, to talk about then I talk about Gopakumar, then I talk about you know those days Casho in my career who was a Kerala State election board chairman and my first job again see some of the choices we make in life is matters when I passed out my CA I had two three offers in my hand I could have been in a in a very comfortable position in the city where I live I've got a job and that I'm well paying. But I choose to go travel about three hours or four hours a day or stay there overnight in, in a remote location. I joined a, a small manufacturing plant where this chairman used to be the chairman of the company. So I, at the very, very early stage itself, I was sitting in the, my first job itself. I was sitting in the board. <laughs> I was a board of mem- board member representing, you know, the company uh, and I had the privilege and honor of interacting with this chairman and his ED executive director, Mr. Unita. That again changed my life in terms of the experience and exposures. I had faced union, I faced financial negotiations all at the age of 22, 23. Um, you know, for a small company, very, very small company, 30 lakhs company, which is you know, maybe $30, 40000 dollars turnover company. But the experience and the mentorship which I got from Mr. Ch- you know, who is still alive, I'm in mean, touch with him, is uh, changed my life for good. Always continue to guide me.
0: <laughs> wow, um, that's uh, that's incredible, and and thank you so much for articulating those people who had such a big influence on you, and those moments that really shifted your trajectory in life. Uh, it, it's incredible to hear from, uh, I, I guess, from your career. I'm interested in aha moments along the way. Can you think of any? aha moments uh other any other shifts that you didn't mention there where you learned something about leadership or you learned something about managing people or about strategy and it's and it's always stuck with you
1: yeah uh, that's so you know uh, I, I talked about this uh, company where the, i was working small company then i moved to Topal group two years so my hobby at that time used to be you know i don't know for what reason but uh, apply for jobs, I get uh, uh, you know offers, and because I really want to go out of my village into a bigger city, uh, but uh, my employer has always promoted me three, four times in two years. I got three, four promotions. That is what used to be my life, you know. Uh, then I happened to uh, one of my friends came and told me that there is an advertisement in paper that they're looking for in you know, an MNC. See, the Trivandrum is like a village even now, but at that time. It is a really village. It's a very nice uh, capital city of Kerala, but we have a, you know, we made a tradition, it's, <coughs> it's not become too cosmopolitan. So, um, they said that a multinational company is coming to Trivandrum, the place where I'm there, uh, do, you, do you want to apply for it? I said, uh, what is the advertisement ask for? It says for 35 to 40 years of uh, age and you should have, you know, uh, 10 years of experience, blah, blah, blah i said nothing i have because i am only 25 so how i'm going to be fit into this role i'm not even going to apply because i don't want to waste my time but i'm planning to go to uh, mumbai which is the, everybody looks upon in india as a commercial capital and i got a job also in mumbai with Gotrich. but my because my friends are so insistent i said i just learned computer one year back i typed out a small you know application which i still preserve i sent to them saying that you know guys look at me i am only 25 young boy but whatever qualification you talk about, I have, whatever experience you have talked about, I have a bit of it because I've done it in my company, this is how group. But if you believe that, you know, a 25-year-old can do this job, call me for interview, you know, something like that, I wrote the mail and then sent to them a physical letter, at that time, I don't think an email existed. I got a call, I went and attended the an interview, everybody was sitting around, my interview colleagues, or 40, 45, very seasoned professionals. I'm an young kid, just going there, young youth, going there and, you know, since I know that, I didn't have any fear whether I'll get or not. I had a two rounds of discussion and to cut the story short, I got the job. That was a war moment because uh, they said that, you know, um, uh, and they offered me a car at the time. That was a, great, a change uh, for me to stay put there. Uh, having got the job, the real war, war factor or the design, decision deciding factor is, the day when I want to join the company, when I walk into the office, there's no office. Nobody knows there is an office there. I thought I've been conned. When I go into some place, which they call as an office, it's a huge hall, no light, just an empty hall, and only one gentleman sitting and one secretary sitting. I said, what, what did I do in my life? You know, having working for 400 people and being a leader for so many people below me. Now I'm here standing alone in a place just because I, I got attracted for the offer of an MNC and a car, I thought I made the biggest mistake in my life because I went and said everybody that I don't want to, you know, take up the job which I got. But later I realized I'm the second employee of that company. We have to design the office. We have to create the office. We have to recruit the team. That was the moment because within three years, we had about 2,000 people. We were all over India. We moved up to Bangalore. We had a fantastic office. All that we could achieve because that moment I decided that, you know, this is the place uh, rather than looking at the title and positions and people reporting, though I am a second man, I'm ready to go and buy a, a conditioner for office or to recruit a staff or to buy, you know, other, other things for office or or even to purchase or procure or put systems. That life has changed and from that till I now step down, I haven't applied for any job. Right. That's my Walam group. At the time, it was not even called Walam, It was a Chandrive and a joint but fascinating journey from a couple of million dollar <laughs> company to, you know, $40 million uh, with my mentor Sunny. You yeah, that's what
0: the wow. wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> what an amazing story. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> from thinking, wow, have I made a mistake to being able to reflect on that? Uh, and um, and it's been, you know, what an incredible journey, what an amazing legacy to, to be part of the journey of such a significant company. Um, let's jump into some Leadership Express questions. The first one I have for you Venkat is, are there any, uh, are there any books that you've read, that you give, uh, you give as gifts to people or you recommend a lot to people?
1: Yeah, the one book which changed my life, you know, I'm becoming emotional when I talk about the book. It's a small, tiny book, one of my friend Prashant gifted to me is called The Alchemist. Oh, God. That book I would have read some 10, 12 times. I would have spoken about the book. And that is one book I give to people. Before I got introduced to Alchemist, the other book which I'm really fascinated is Jack Welch's The Art of Winning. I think these are the two books I always recommend. Even if you don't read any any books, uh, just start with Alchemist. So that will tell you about Mm -hmm. yourself and self-discovery. And then Mm -hmm. Art of Winning will tell you how to build a organization.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for those recommendations. Um, what advice would you give to leaders about how to run a one-on-one meeting? Are there any things that uh, that you learned about doing one-on-one meetings with your team members that uh, that, you'd, that you'd give as advice to leaders out there?
1: Yeah. So first and foremost thing, is not a meeting. Anything and everything you do, give in 100%, 100% of yourself. If you are playing with your child, don't think about anything else you play. Similarly, when you're in the meeting, give that all the effort, all the attention, energy to your team. That's first thing, that means you go there, no distracted, no phone, nothing should distract. Second, listen. Because many times you will have an agenda and you want to say and you want to continue to revert. When you hear itself, I mean, I'm using the word hear, not listen, because then the hearing is not going inside because you will you will not even understand the gist of what they're saying. that you can only do when you listen but you go and rebirth so the second attribute is listening right and third of course i do a contact you know take concern on the people even if they do a mistake it is not the person is the mistake that that situation that 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 issue which is talking so if you differentiate the problem from the person you will build a fantastic relationship with anybody and everybody in the world unfortunately human mind is we combine the issue with the person, and then we 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 take our our anger on the person, or this or rather than the situation, and that is what is causing all the difference of opinions all across the world, be it a government, be it a person, or be it a company.
0: Yeah, wonderful advice. Um, great to hear you talk about listening, and about bringing your full presence and attention when you're with your people. I think that's wonderful advice. Uh, what about, um, what's one thing that you think a lot of leaders could stop doing to become better leaders?
1: The judgment, because we are quick to, uh, you know, judge people by, you know, <laughs> appearance or by, you know, there is a two minutes rule which people used to say that, you know, uh, but, but I, I realize that's not right because we judge on people based on the experience and say, and I have seen in my own experience that somebody who has been, you know, in a ABCD ranking of, uh, you know, their performance, whom we thought a C category for the role which he was playing as a for role. When you moved him into a specialized uh, functions head, he became a A. So the problem is not with him. It is because of you as a leader not able to match the right job for the right people. Right. So the judgment, dispenser judgment, Look at that person in terms of what his potential and give him that kind of role. And same with your, uh, you know, what is called marketing or a business or strategy in every issue. You know, don't don't come close to close judgments and close it out. We have an open mind.
0: Mm. Love it. That's a great perspective. Uh, I, I love that answer to that question. Stop judging and, and keep an open mind. And it comes back to what you said as well about one-on-ones to separate the person from... From the issue, so great, great advice, Venkat. Uh, Here's another question for you. When it comes to leadership, a lot of leaders are interested in routine and personal. Not only how they lead at work, but how they build their life and how they how they live. You know, work life integration. What are your thoughts on a morning routine? Do you have anything throughout your career that's always stayed the same with your morning routine? Uh, do you, do you, you know, are you a big fan of waking up very early or you don't think that's important? Tell us about your thoughts on a morning routine for leaders. Yeah, uh,
1: perfect. So the, currently I have a, a morning routine, um, um, you know, which is for the last three and a half years I've been following religiously, uh, uh, to be very frank, I've devised a system uh, to bring some discipline for me, which is, uh, but it has become now a habit and I'm fallen in love with that, uh, what I'm doing, which is called date with nature. I call myself, you know, because the best girlfriend in the world is the nature. You go and look at her, every day she's beautiful. How many of you could see she is fresh. So date with nature and no agenda, walk and talk. So I get up around 5.30 in the morning, uh, anywhere between 6 to 6.30, I go for a walk with one more person. I don't go in a group normally, very rarely go. So that one person when he comes, not a tactical meeting, I say that come and walk without any agenda. So we get to know the person inside out on values and similarly, they will get to know about me and we just walk, walk for two and a half hours, three hours, so for example, six to nine, which is a long hours, I mean, no no other goal to say so many steps or kilometer, nothing. Just go as the legs and, you know, we enjoy the walking and the weather is good. Come back. And I'm glad to say that about 485 people or even 488, I think so. My secretary was telling me on the other day that, you know, I met them because the reason I maintain is who I met. And, you know, the it's fresh in my mind. By looking at the name, I know the story behind it. So that's one habit i do every day without fail uh, almost every day unless i'm sick or whatever that's one area but if you ask me that it is it stayed with you all through no i am slightly of a believer that don't get change yourself for anything you know be like a be like a wild flower don't try to be prune yourself to say this is how i will behave this of course i've done it because i want a discipline but now it's become a habit And I start loving that, looking forward to the company, hence I'm doing it. But don't do it anything because it is good to do. You know, of course, people say 4 o'clock getting up is good, which I agree. It's fresh in mind and morning we have a lot more things you can complete. Uh, but, But you should not beat yourself if you're not doing it. Start for a reason and put a system. See, the world around is for including you. You need to have a little bit of system so that, you know, anything which you want to do rather than talking, talking, you do the first action, which is called the decision, and then action. One step at a time. For you to do that, a system is required. This system, which I designed, which is called a No Agenda Walk and Talk, is for my fitness. I lost six kilos. I'm full of energy the whole day because I've done a fantastic walk. Whether it's rain or shine, I go. That, that's how I, I made my habit. Uh, stick with me.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I I love that perspective. I think one of my favorite uh, things recently that I've come across around habits and routines is by Andrew Huberman, who is a professor at Stanford University in the US. And and he talks about habits as this idea of you you don't want to actually create a, uh, you don't want to have habits in your life that rely on routine, like we might assume, what you want to do is you want to train yourself to reduce the friction and the tension to be able to do what you need to do. So you actually want to reduce the friction so that you can, like you said, you can react to what's going on. If you need to fly and not have as much sleep, what does it look like to be able to build habits and actually, uh, you know, so that I can adjust and react really well. I think it's a really interesting way to approach it rather than trying to have a cookie cutter where when life changes, I'm then completely thrown out and can't handle um, things anymore.
1: Super. And just since you use the word, I think I need to say something on that. Beautiful. I think exactly right. Now, the, there's a. I mean, you know, whether you, any relationship, I think one more advice I want to give it to my viewers is, uh, this is called reacting. And responding. You hit me on my cheek and I hit back. That's called reaction. Because I got angry, I reacted back to you. Respond means I take a couple of seconds in between. Hey, why hit me? What should I give him the message? And with that cool mind, if I'm able to hit you back, I still hit you. Then I'm <laughs> responding. That means it's a conscious decision rather than immediate reaction. Yeah. Because most of the mistakes including the Putin's war in Ukraine, is a needed reaction. Mm. And so now they cannot go back. If they would have responded, the world would have been a much, much better place. So I'm trying to practice as much as possible to respond to the situation than oh. reacting.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Responding rather than reacting. That's a great thought. Um, okay, last question. This has been so much fun. I, I've just loved getting your wisdom, Venkat. Uh, the last question I have for you if you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them?
1: Please, how you look at your mirror, look at yourself. You are the competition for yourself. The world, don't combat with anybody. You are better than yesterday by a millimeter. Give a big applause. You love yourself. If you don't love yourself, the world won't love you. You are the best in the world. And every day, the millimeter change is what make you to grow to your fullest potential, all the very best.
0: Yeah, incredible, wonderful, uh, wonderful thoughts. For people who've really enjoyed hearing your story and your wisdom on leadership, where can people find you and the group that you're chairman of? Where can people find you and connect with you online, Venkat?
1: yes i'm very active for the last five years i'm very active in social media so in linkedin my profile profile is venkita at gmail.com uh, which is my email id in which uh, you know i'm very active on linkedin and facebook is venkita at hotmail.com uh, so people can reach out to me uh, i would love to connect with people uh, and then of course if i visit some of these locations i'll meet you also in person uh, thank you so much and i really enjoyed your way of questioning and what you're doing. And I'm really looking forward to visiting Brisbane and meet you in person. Soon I'll make <laughs> a visit.
0: Absolutely. No, that would be wonderful. Uh, I, I look forward to it. And uh, and the same goes for when I'm in Singapore. I uh, would, would love to uh, to catch up with when I'm there as well. So um, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. What a fun episode. Just Great stories about Venkat's uh, mum and being part of such a massive, <laughs> massive growth of an organization. Just really inspiring stories. Uh, for our listeners, don't forget I also have the John O. White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day podcast. So there are two other places you can go to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Venkat, for being so generous with your time um, and for, like I said, sharing wonderful and really beautiful stories from your life and leadership and for being such a joy to spend time with. Thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Same here. I thoroughly enjoyed each of your questions and fantastic discussion we had. Thank you so much and continue to inspire the world
0: with what you're doing. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles in different industries answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, how to deal with difficult people, even if you hate conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again.